Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey, everybody. I'm Sarah, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Candice. Hey. Brett. Yo, yo. And Stuart. Mm-hmm. And Brett, you... <laughs> that was that was... you clearing your throat? <laughs> sorry, that was a guttural... Uh, <laughs> too guttural, sorry. My apologies. Um, like the no, good okay. part of a prayer. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I did the, You're endorsing the holy move. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Brett is usually a host on the podcast, but today he's joining us on the panel. So now welcome, you get Brett. to host me. Yes, I'm so excited. I know. This has never happened before. Can we pause and just admire Brett's Fu Manchu and his baseball mullet? That I'm is so, I'm so He's like, I was hoping you'd bring this I'm up. so happy. My wife doesn't listen to these, but I'm going to ask her to yeah. listen to them. So yeah, she to has some one. thoughts and they're not supportive. She's not a fan. <laughs> okay. She's not are, your, are your kids afraid? Not a fan. No. No, I think they're completely indifferent towards it. Okay. But is, my wife is not indifferent yeah. towards it. And is this something you're proactively choosing or just kind of like, I don't, just don't feel like shaving? So I'm just, this a little is bit what of, happens? A little, I think it's hilarious. Okay. And yeah. so I just sort of. She does let us do paint. Let, let us paint the picture for those of you that are listening. He looks a lot like Charlie Sheen in Major League. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. At a couple of weeks, where like she was at a mission trip in Costa Rica, yeah, yeah. and then I was yeah. at a camp, and so like, yeah. just yeah. have some fun with it. Can we play Wild Thing? That went, and that what they used to play when he came out of the bullpen. I don't think we have the rights. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, we're glad that you and your Fu Manchu joined us on the panel today. Today, the question that we are discussing is how to not emotionally manipulate your students. And by asking that question, here's what we mean. We mean that there's kind of a complicated relationship with emotions Mm -hmm. and faith and that we can tend to misuse emotion to get results when we want it when it comes to church services and camps and that sort of thing. But we also tend to downplay how much we can trust emotions. We tell students they can't trust what they're thinking or feeling when it comes to a lot of different things. And this is an especially emotional stage of life. So how do we lead students and teenagers to have a healthy relationship with emotions long term? And so to start up, I just wanted to kind of ask the question, how have we seen or maybe done ourselves, how have we handled emotions poorly or seen emotions handled poorly in different church environments? Tell your best stories. Yeah. So mine is about salvation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a youth pastor, I, you know, offer salvation to students, come Mm -hmm. receive Christ, right? (laughs) And there was one student who, at the end of the summer, he'd been gone most of the summer, and he comes running to me, and he's like, Reverend Candace, Reverend Candace, I got saved at camp. And I'm like, oh, congratulations. But in the inside, I'm thinking, well, you've been saved four times here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a part of me just, you know, wondered what, did, what, what where was the gap in conversation, mm. communication? What was missing? What did the camp do to make them clear about what that moment was yeah. for him that I missed out on it and what I did not do? Yeah. Oh, that's mm. a great question. Those kind of response times can be so impactful and dangerous, like mm. all, all at the same time. I remember, you know, we used to go to this. Uh, every November, uh, the state convention uh, that that our youth ministry was a part of. And, you know, Saturday night, like if it's a weekend sort of a thing, mm-hmm. oftentimes Saturday night is kind of that moment to make some Big sort moment. of, make mm-hmm. some sort Big of decision. Pitch. And it, it felt like the speaker set it up to be 
if you are emotional, we want you to come forward. Right. Mm. And of course, most of my students were emotional, either emotional or confused. Those were basically the <laughs> and, and only very two. Tired and tired at that point. So yes. that makes you yeah. feel emotional as and well. So those were the only two options. If you're yeah, confused, yeah. have a seat. If you're emotional, <laughs> come forward. And we had all these students come yeah. forward. And then in the processing conversations with them, it's like, like, what do you, what do you feel like you should make? You know, what kind of decisions do you want to make? I don't have any idea. Yeah. I, right. Like, I just, I just felt like I was supposed right. to yeah. blank whatever it is. Right. Like, well, what do, what do you do with that? What does yeah, that yeah. mean? Yeah. And how do we set up those situations that are that are more clear yeah. and mm. a healthier situation? Mm. Mm. Hashtag real talk. Yeah, go for it. And Brett mentioned this in our preparation. I think. Part of this dilemma is that women and men that are listening to this are employed and feel a lot of pressure mm-hmm. that their st- state of employment mm-hmm. is resting on students making decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have been the guest speaker at a camp before where a week-long camp, and on Thursday, I got asked to get in the truck with the executive pastor and the student pastor, driven around the camp and told, we, with the money we have invested in this camp, we don't have enough decisions. Oof. Oh. And that's one of many stories where, you know, as, as a very old youth pastor, <laughs> uh, there was a day where men and women were judged by how many baptisms yeah. they had every year, how many decisions that were being made at camp and stuff yeah. like that. So I think that's part of what bleeds into this. Yeah. That, and it confuses the leader Yeah. because I, I, I am just, a, maybe I'm an eternal optimist. I, I don't think most youth leaders are wanting to manipulate no. students emotionally. I don't think so. Yeah. But we are dealing with emotional beings. Right. And we're also dealing with a very emotional topic. Yeah. Right. I mean, someone dying for your sin. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That you should feel po- something. Sh- you should feel something. Right. So I, thus, I think the tension. Yeah. And, I, and I, I do think we have to be careful about being aware of our own egos and what they do play into this. Oh, yeah. Because whether we want to or not, how many students show up to that thing, how many register for camp, how many make a decision because of a, mm-hmm. a message, you know, because of a message we made, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they're like, we feel better about ourselves right. or we don't feel mm-hmm. like how right. many times in an email have I, or from a stage, Hey guys, I can't encourage you enough to blank. Yeah. And yeah. one reason, if I'm honest, I can't encourage you enough is because I feel better about myself. If this sure. room is full, mm-hmm. right. or I feel better about myself. <laughs> right. If I can go back to the board of elders and be like, we had X 150 yeah. decisions right. that were, right. that were made. Mm-hmm. What, what does that even, yeah. what does that even mean? Yeah. Right. But, you know, again, when whether it's pressure that we feel on the outside or whether it's kind of yeah. this internal thing that we're trying to fulfill on the inside, mm-hmm. we yeah. just have to be careful about those things and at least be aware that, hey, this mm-hmm. this is probably a part of it for some yeah. of us. And to some degree, to Candace's story, all of us sitting around this table and everybody listening, you've had four plus for a lack of a better term, salvation experiences mm-hmm. because we're all processing. Yep. Right. through yep. understanding and, you know, mm. what's being revealed to us. Right. We just are smarter not to call it, I got saved again. <laughs> again, yeah. again and again. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's true. So I feel like it's two things that are getting convoluted. It's the pressure maybe from, you know, our superiors, but then it is like the legitimate desire that we have yep. for students to 
obviously experience salvation, but when it starts to feel like it's being mixed with like our job security, then yeah. it can start to get really complicated, mm-hmm. right? So I think that kind of leads to a question that Stuart, you had brought this up um, when we were talking about this earlier, but it seems like we're applying in some cases that emotions are bad, like not in the salvation sense. The salvation sense, we're like really pushing that people lean into their emotion. If you're feeling something, respond. But on other situations, it feels like we tell students the exact opposite. Right, right. So how have you seen that? Or in what areas have you seen the implication that emotions are not a good thing? Well, to your question, I think all of us have to ask ourselves, can any relationship be considered deep and rich and meaningful at the same time, mm-hmm. void of emotion? I don't think so. But can some can a relationship be too emotional? Absolutely. Mm. Right. So, and what we were talking, what we were speaking to earlier is that as it relates to youth ministry, we're dealing with emotional beings. Right. Mm-hmm. Just from a developmental standpoint, right. a teenager's limbic system is hyperactive. It's not connected yet, mm-hmm. for the most part, to the the frontal part of their brain, mm-hmm. their prefrontal cortex, and so that's why you can have. You can say hello to a kid, and that kid thinks they can't stand me mm. right. because right. they're just firing in right. an emotional state. Yeah. But none of us in this room and nobody listening wants to invest and develop a teenager that is emotionless. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And it probably would be good for us to understand when we talk about emotion, we tend to think like crying, right? Like, you know, weeping, I'm brokenness, which are all great things. Yeah. But joy is an emotion. Right. Fear. Fear is yeah. an emotion. Anger is yeah. an emotion. So to develop a fully devoted follower of Jesus that is well-rounded, a teenager has to be in touch yeah. with those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys agree yeah, with that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 100%. But it doesn't seem like the church has typically been a safe place to lean into some of those emotions. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, there's classic Bible verses, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things where, that are kind of used as... Jeremiah like, seventeen nine. the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You just won the sword drill. Congratulations. Did you have that pulled up? <laughs> yeah. Right. But who, yeah. But who invited Sally Spiritual? <laughs> <laughs> but it's that idea. I feel like that is constantly used yeah. as like... Don't trust your gut. (laughs) Yeah, don't Don't. trust your feelings. Don't trust your instincts. Yeah, so when we try to convince them that their emotions aren't aren't valid or they're not healthy, we're we're helping to create unhealthy patterns for them that are going to continue to cause them all sorts of issues relationally and in life and in their spiritual life moving forward. Yeah, Yeah, and that's the point that I was thinking of, Brett. You know, when we don't tend to students' emotions properly, then you you, you, you create emotionally constipated adults. <gasps> that is a Oh, great say that again. Say that phrase. again. Yes, that was so good. That was so good. But it's the truth, though. Yeah. Can we change the have... title of this podcast? <laughs> how does, how does, how does not have emotionally get constipated, constipated into the title. <laughs> Sponsored by x But it's the truth. I don't know. But it's the truth. And you mean you 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 have emotions that become just so internally com- compressed and you yes. end up imploding because you don't, just don't know how to deal with and navigate your emotions. Um, and then it just begins spilling out in many different aspects in the areas of your life, right? right? As youth leaders, we have to have the ability to model healthy emotions, mm-hmm. but we need to be clear on when we're modeling you know, healthy emotions as opposed to using a youth group as our 
person, mm-hmm. personal therapy mm-hmm. session, right. you know, right. mm-hmm. and knowing where that line is of where you're even with walking, working with a student one on one, maybe you're, you're counseling someone knowing where your ability stops yeah. and a professional therapist begins yeah. oh, that's good. because there's too many times when, you know, we, we think like going back to that ego thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm the I'm the leader here. I'm the pastor mm-hmm. here. I can help navigate a student, but you you're not trained in that capacity, right, right, you know. Yeah. And there's some emotions that are just so vast. Then you start getting into all different sorts of you know, like oppositional defiant disorder mm-hmm. or anxiety or mm-hmm. depression. All those kind of different issues that students might be experiencing. And most of you pastors aren't skilled to deal yeah. with right, that. Right. Yeah, and you if can't a student this. you can't, but if a student isn't balanced, right? You know, if, mm-hmm. whether they're off their meds too, that's something to consider too mm-hmm. when it comes to you know just emotions because sometimes emotions go haywire right. when you're not on your meds or mm-hmm. you have an undiagnosed you know disorder. Um, youth pastors need to be aware of that and how to navigate and engage a student um, when it comes to that. And then yeah. be willing mm-hmm. to have conversations with parents. I think that's one mm-hmm. thing that I didn't do well as a youth pastor. I would have certain conversations with with students and or even engaging a student when it came to, you know, salvation conversations and not necessarily bringing mm-hmm. parents in yeah. as, I, as, as you should. Yeah. And just inform them. You don't have to tell them everything. Yeah. But there are certain things that need to be communicated to parents. But I love, going back to your phrase that I seriously love, emotionally constipated <laughs> students. But I do think there is something to be said that emotions are tricky in, to navigate. And so it feels easier to just stuff them. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think as leaders, and I, I mean, I feel like this as a parent, that it's hard to help my kids navigate emotions. It's right. so much easier to just be yeah. like, don't feel that way instead right. of being like, where is that coming from? Because I think then you've got more of a mess on your hands, but it's ultimately the healthier way to not just stuff the emotion, but to help them process where is that emotion coming from? Why yeah. is that surfacing? Yeah, we, we're, we're tempted We're tempted when it's not helpful for us for them to stuff those emotions. Yes. But when yes. we can benefit from the emotions, mm-hmm. then, you know, then we really ramp right. it up. And that's and, where the manipulation right. comes into play. Which, and, and again, it's, sometimes it's in a tongue-in-cheek fun right, way. Right. I mean, I know, you know, so many camps, you know, they talk about like, this is the best, you know, this is the best week ever. This mm-hmm. is the best summer ever. This is the best mm-hmm. week of the year. And like, I think everybody gets that that's kind of like tongue-in-cheek and that's right, right. fun. And we hope yeah. that there are some great emotions here. But when we're careful, when we talk about those kind of things, man, the, the, you know, the, the way that we set those expectations really high sometimes yeah. create some really emotional difficulties for students yes. to really understand yeah. what it is. I would propose that we back up a little bit and admit, and this will be difficult, that we spend an awful lot of time just in our environments, creating some sort of environment so a teenager feels a certain way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not just when they go to a retreat or yeah. a camp. Oh, for sure. I mean, from the music we play, the lighting, all we're yeah. doing is pressing into their five senses, which, right. by the way, developmentally, psychologists will tell you, is the fastest route to that limbic system okay. for teenagers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're already feeding into their emotion just by the way we program. Right. Right. And to be clear, at at least for me, I think there's just this fine line between how do we, how do we create environments that are 
are most likely to help students understand and make healthy decisions. Mm-hmm. Like I think that those are good things. I think mm-hmm. that there are things that we that we can do that the purpose is not manipulation, but we're just cr- you know trying to create the fertile ground right. for mm-hmm. things to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that when we're not careful, it is easy then to slide into trying to force some things or you're trying to to manufacture something. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or even doing students a disservice when they are, say you're at home and you're sitting in your bedroom and you come home and it's been a challenging day at school and you need to, you you in that moment, want, you're trying to seek God mm-hmm. and you don't have the lights, you don't have the music, you don't have right. the pastor standing right. in front of you, you know, yeah. you don't have all, I mean, not all churches have those things anyway, but right. you know, um, you're, you're sitting there and you're trying to, in, working to invoke God and, and, and you're not feeling it the same way, you know? Mm-hmm. And if a student is only, it becomes so accustomed to engaging God through the thunder, mm-hmm. then you don't know how to hear God in a still when God speaks yeah. through the still small voice, Candace is point. dropping and bombs. I know, right? <laughs> Take notes. And, and we need to. She be... is. She is not spiritually constipated. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the truth of matter. Listen, I'm She's, talking about what right. I know, she is, Brett. She like, is. This is to me, but she is emotionally free flowing right now. <laughs> but this is, but this is the, you know, and, and the truth be told, you know, I grew up in a tradition, you know, within the Black Church. Um, some de- some denominations within the Black Church are very, very, you know. Um, Intense, mm-hmm. you know, worship wise, you know, there. And I think it really, really stems from just worship during slavery. And that was a moment mm-hmm. for a true catharsis, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. over times in history, the black church, typically some denominations are pretty, you know. And I would Stand propose the white church that. could learn some lessons yeah. from that, but keep going. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, for me, <laughs> there was there was this the experience of there was a lot of emotions that were expressed within the church, but there mm. wasn't necessarily substance behind it. Mm. Okay. And then there was a lot that was happening that I just did not understand and mm. it wasn't broken down to me. Mm-hmm. And then personally, I felt like I was going through a lot and there was this major gap. Mm-hmm. So I became that teenager that was emotionally constipated yeah. and years and thousands of dollars in therapy <laughs> have helped me to try to get onto the other side of it, yeah. right? Um, but how do we help a student to, to know how to engage in God mm. in the thunder and in the still yes. small voice? Yes. That's good. I like through that all comparison. moments when you're at church or in walking through the halls of yeah. your school. Well, we have a coworker here who a good friend of hers works on a college campus and is constantly counseling students who come back after attending a conference and are like, I don't know what to do now that the emotion has gone. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a name for that. I don't remember what the name is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I hope constipation is. (laughs) is No, there's a name for that. When you get that spiritual high from a retreat or something and you come back and you just. And it's gone. And now it feels, was it ever real? Right. Like you start asking these really big questions. Yeah. Yeah. To to me, two, two questions that I was, that I was constantly trying to process and be aware of where students fell was one, how am I helping students who aren't really wired emotionally? Because some st- some students are just more emotional than others. Some, yeah. Sometimes it's family of origin stuff, but sometimes they're just, Not, just more even-keeled yeah. kids. So how am I helping the students who aren't as emotionally wired to not feel left out yeah. or to not feel like my experience doesn't matter because it doesn't look outwardly? So how do I help mm-hmm. the person on that side of the spectrum? And then on the other side, what are we doing to help more emotional students learn to discern their feelings and not allow them to be the ter- the determining factor in their relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So 
I felt God near me, therefore God was near me at camp. I don't feel God near mm-hmm. me now, four months later, four weeks later, right. therefore he must not be near and me. God has forsaken me. Right. Right, right, right. right. So how do we, on both sides of that, what are we doing to be aware of those situations? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what are we doing from the stage? How do we talk about that? Yeah. From the environments, how do we set things yeah. up? From the way that our small group leaders are prepared to have those conversations, how do we help them process with the students What's the healthiest way for me to emotionally process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my faith? Yeah, I think, Brett, those are great questions to for anybody listening to kind of just to begin to use and implement in their own uh, student ministries. So what do you think happened that made emotions so complicated? That I think, you know, Stuart, we've talked a little bit about this, that somewhere along the way, we, we started feeling like we couldn't trust emotions completely in our faith experiences, our in decision-making, but it wasn't always that way. Correct. I mean, if you look at the way that ancient Jews worshipped mm-hmm. and worship, mm-hmm. uh, consider David dancing mm-hmm. naked before the Lord. Uh, you go to the Wailing Wall today. Mm-hmm. Um, the festivals that the Jews celebrated and mm-hmm. still celebrate attend a, a bar mitzvah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's celebratory. Mm-hmm. However, somewhere in the early church's history... And most experts connect it to how Stoicism became a part of the D- our spiritual DNA mm-hmm. because of the Roman Greco mm-hmm. uh, influence. influence, Aristotle, Plato, mm-hmm. Origen, Augustine. We suddenly became much more about a, a mental ascent mm-hmm. versus connecting to your feelings. Mm-hmm. The tough part about that, and we've even, you know, Brett was quick to quote Jeremiah, but the other side of that is that your heart, there's a reason why we're supposed to guard it right. because everything flows from it. Mm-hmm. The reason why teenagers desire and long is because they are created in the image of God. And if they desire and long and created in the image of God, that mean, means God desires right. and longs. Mm-hmm. And culture and youth ministry, to some degree, has told teenagers for a long time, do two things with that desire. You can either abuse it or you can kill it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And none of us want to launch that teenager into culture. Right, right. The one that abuses their heart or the one that tries to kill their heart. Right. What? And, you know, following Jesus is not a list of chores. Right. And, you know, story gives us that. Yeah. It's over and over and over. Jack didn't save Rose for Rose to do the dishes. <laughs> Titanic <laughs> reference for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. So yeah. consequently, I think back to what we're talking about, this very intricate balance mm-hmm. of understanding that the, the other part of this that we've mentioned, but it should be restated, teenagers are emotional beings. And I could be, maybe I'm misreading, but to me, I, I feel like our unwillingness to talk about the emotional side of things almost seems to downplay the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in a way. I, I remember asking myself as a teenager, if I was feeling something, was that the Holy Spirit or was it Satan? Like I literally mm-hmm. was like, I, could, it, I, I couldn't figure out, like I felt like it was either like God telling me to do something or it was the absolute yeah. wrong the, choice. The, the angel on one right. shoulder like that's and really the what demon it felt on like. the other and so Without being taught to kind of engage and learn, like Candace, like what you're saying, the still small voice without being able to discern what that looks like and feels like and I don't, what, how you listen to that. Yeah, and, and that's what... That word discern, I think, is so important. Yeah. I think I think two I think two things that in our 
in our ministries with students that we have to help them develop is the ability to think critically and the ability to understand discernment mm-hmm. is that there are so many times that whether it's pressure from the outside or whether it's internal mm-hmm. pressure that we feel like our job is to help them make decisions, get some fire insurance, check some right. things off the boxes so that they're ready to graduate and, and you know, and face the evil world mm-hmm. that's ahead of them. Mm-hmm. But what tends to have a much healthier and long-term effect in the development of their faith is when we're able to help guide them through the idea of what does it look like for us to think critically about our faith, about what we believe about our life, and what does it look like for us to learn what discernment really looks like? Yeah. What role does the Holy Spirit play in my life? Yeah. What does me being in community with others, the way that I read the Bible, the way that I engage other people, the kind of conversations that I have, how do all of those things help me discern the difference yeah. between what is my own emotion, what is my own desire, what is something that might be a selfless thing that I do need to be careful about yeah. versus what what is the direction that God is calling right. me to go? What are the things where I can emotionally feel like God is 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 sending me in yeah. a certain direction? Okay, I'm I'm not trying to be contrarian because yeah. I am no, the, I am the antithesis of emotional manipulation. I yeah. th- I think especially when I communicate. The other side of this though is that it's easy for us. 30, 40, 50 years into our journey uh-huh. to look back and go be discerning. Mm-hmm. Mm. You need to be more discerning. Right. When in reality, I'm not even sure teenagers have the tools right. to think about what is happening in their heart and what God is doing in their life the way we're talking about it. So right. Do we need to be careful? Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, Candace's illustration of the guy that said this is, I got saved, and she's like, well, that's the fourth time. Yeah. Right. Well, that may be the way he's processing, and his only ability, mm-hmm. like his only context is that. Right. And there are scores of teenagers who, whether it's their, their uh, frame of reference, mm-hmm. it's their home life, it's their background, mm-hmm. they aren't going to come at this all the same. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and I'm I'm right there with you, Stuart. And I got really excited because that's what I've been kind of processing sitting over here. Is I heard somewhere someone talk about children, not necessarily teenagers, but children process grief in the same way that they eat an apple. Right? Mm. They'll pick it up and they'll take a bite, then they'll put it down, let it roll around on the floor, then they'll come back to it, <laughs> pick it up and bite it again, and then you know leave it. Mm. And an hour later, they're coming back and playing with it. You know, live this footage apple of again. the tally house eating right. apples. <laughs> <laughs> and the wind house too, right? <laughs> but the same is true when it comes to teenagers and processing and understanding their faith, mm-hmm. because faith is so complex, yep. and we and because there's so many things within this world that they just want to have a concrete understanding mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. and they want this just a tangible, you know, connection of it. They have a hard time, a lot of times, understanding. All the, compl- the complexities of faith when it comes to that discerning, you know, when it comes to thinking, you know, the ability to think, think critically, um, we have to be clear in sharing with our students that they might not, what is it the old folks say, you'll understand it better by and by some mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not have the answers to everything right now, mm-hmm. but as long as you are engaging it, you know, in your faith in, and, and, and don't think that there is something lacking within you or something bad about you yeah. or wrong within mm-hmm. you for not understanding these mm-hmm. big abstract, yes. right. you know, yes. concepts, then I think we as leaders do a good job when we, when we just have them to understand, hey, 
this is really big, you yeah. know, and you might not understand this, maybe even ever, yeah. you know, um, you might not understand it tomorrow, but there might come a day where some of this stuff that you really do understand it, but yeah. that's where faith comes that's into good. play. So good. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's where it is our job as leaders to set up the salvation right. conversation as not a bow right. on mm-hmm. the package, yep. the finish line right. of you've made it. Yep. You've got a kid coming back multiple times because it's like, wait a second, I'm still feeling like something's right. not right. Uh-huh. And you're like, well, welcome to life. Like that's not going to go away. <laughs> yeah. But to let them know that you have started something. Sanctification. Yes. Yeah. So going back to that example, A, I agree. There, there are ways that students are just going to process right. things like that. And then I just think it's so important that we help give them some language and some yes. handles on mm-hmm. those pieces um, had a conversation at, at a camp with uh, with a student who came up to me and and was saying that they f- they feel like they they didn't even know God before mm. this week, mm. and I tried to help them process. No, you you did. You're just you're just now becoming aware, or you're opening yourself up to something that you hadn't before. Mm-hmm. So don't discount. Right. The way that you did know God before so, so this. Good, yes. Don't yes. discount the previous three times yeah. that you yeah. said yes, even though it feels different this time. Yeah. Because think about how you feel in this moment and how close you feel to God. You will feel something like this in three or four years from now. And mm-hmm. I don't want you to look back on this moment I think this one and wasn't think that real. this didn't matter. Yeah. Yep. This was fake. This wasn't real. And can I interject something yeah. right here? One of the reasons why people who go and speak at events start getting hung up on how easy it is to manipulate mm-hmm. students emotionally is what you just said, because they begin to think, well, I unpack God in a new way. Mm-hmm. Oh. The reality is you're just a different voice that helped a kid yeah. see yeah. it in a that different way. Probably would have happened no matter exactly. who was there. Exactly. Right, right. So pump the brakes for all of us who get the opportunity, privilege, and humbling honor and responsibility yeah. to stand in front of teenagers on a consistent basis. You're helping a kid along in a journey, yeah. and you're not the end all. Yeah. And consequently, that should excuse you from a, a manipulating people emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Because first of all, there's only one agent of change. That's the Spirit right. of God. You've never died for anybody's sin, yep. and you can't <laughs> rise from the dead. Yep. Right. So pump the brakes on yeah. that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So I, I just carry on, bro. Yeah. I, well, I, no, I just think that we have to we have to help give students that language mm-hmm. that even even though they're that they're for them again, especially if they're in middle school and they haven't yeah. developed that abstract, abstract thinking yet in high school, it is going to feel like black white. No, I have never been until this moment, and we have to help them understand mm-hmm. that journey piece of it, and it matters the way that we talk about it from the stage. Yeah. And. and you know, back to that that discerning thing that you were talking about. Like, I mean, discernment is is, is such an abstract it's thing an abstract, to talk about, right. and so it's so vital for us to put that into terms. Okay, one of the ways that you can help discern what if what you're feeling is accurate or if it's helpful is you have conversations with adults that love you and care about you. Have conversations about those things right. in your small groups. You learn to process those things together. That when you know when you're you know talking to other people about these pieces when you're, you know, reading through the story, you know, the Bible, when you're, what you're feeling, when you're hearing somebody talk about these things and we're helping give them handles on what some of these things rather than, you know, in this circle and and probably for everybody listening, we can talk about sanctification, justification. We can talk about those kind of things. But if we're using that language with a seventh grader, (laughs) we're going to leave them walking away completely confused on what that looks like is that we've got to figure out how do we 
talk about these things in a language that they're going to understand? And then how do we give them some really practical next steps of Mm -hmm. this is, this is, you know, here's a word discernment. Here's what that means. Here's what we're really talking about. And one of the ways that you can help try to figure out what the answer is, what the next steps are are by the conversations that you have. What do you feel like the Spirit is saying to you when you're kind of reading through Scripture, when you're, you know, involved in worship, whatever right. whatever it is? Um, so that was going to be my next question because, Stuart, you had made the point where we're asking students to discern their emotions, but they don't even understand what that word means. They don't have the tools in their toolbox to do it. So what would be the tools that we could give them? So mm-hmm. we've said we need to incorporate conversations about emotions in what we're saying, whether it's salvation or anything else. But we need to also equip them on how to unpack what those emotions yeah. mean. So what are the other... Well, the greatest gift and tool we can give a teenager is a caring adult. Yeah. Mm. If the only thing you're doing is talking at kids mm-hmm. and then you send them away, mm-hmm. you're doing them a disservice. And in my opinion, you're being incredibly irresponsible. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you're actually asking a kid to work it all out themselves. Right. All the more reason why we firmly believe here that everything should flow to and from small group. Mm-hmm. So do you have an active, healthy, small group model and mm-hmm. system in place? Yeah. yeah. Because if not, that kid's going to flounder trying to figure yeah. out what they're feeling all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think that's the greatest gift and tool. Can yeah. we get practical for yeah. a minute? Mm-hmm. One, one of the ways that this has been really helpful for me and some of the ways that I've changed when I, when I, you know, when I speak at camps or when I speak and there's kind of, you know, the decision night or an opportunity right. for students to make a decision. I mean, we've all been a part of and probably grown up in situations where, you know, hey, repeat this prayer to me internally mm-hmm. after yourself. If you, everybody's eyes closed, if you made mm-hmm. this decision just between me as the speaker, right? many of which if it's camp or if it's a, you know, retreat or something like that, you might not see again between me, you and God. If you made this decision, can you, can you raise your hand? Mm-hmm. And then it's, then cr- crawl out the back so nobody sees you. Yeah, and then it's where, where do you where do you go where do you go from here? And some of the ways that I've seen it modeled that I love and that I've started to do is this idea of before you go into those things, as you say, I want to ask every leader who's here to stand up. Mm-hmm. Students in the room, I want you to look around. I want you to see all the people that are here that are in your corner, that are on your team, mm-hmm. that are open to whatever in the world you want to talk to them about. Yeah. And I'm going to give you an option. I'm, you know, I'm going to give you an opportunity that if there's if there's something that you want to make a decision about to follow Jesus, you know, for the first time to trust him for the first time, you know, to get, you know, to get a more, more intentional about your relationship with Jesus to, you know, to to decide that you've got a bad habit that you need to fix whatever mm-hmm. that decision is. Mm-hmm. In just a minute, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make eye contact with them so that you can begin to essentially just say, I I want to start this conversation with you that we need to have another point. Mm -hmm. And then you have all the leaders stand up. You have all the students that are still sitting. That's when you you do close their eyes, Mm -hmm. bow their heads. But hey, if you're in seventh grade and you want to make a decision and you want to start you know, you want to start a conversation with one of your leaders about that, just look up and make eye contact with them right now. And that hopefully then just triggers, A, this isn't just between this random speaker right. um, or even just the youth pastor. Even mm-hmm. if they, if they, Even if I know them, it's not just between me, them, and God. It needs to be something more than that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's the start of a conversation where we can have, okay, you, you, you want to you make a decision for the first time with Jesus. Talk me through, because I know we've had these kind of conversations before, what feels different mm-hmm. in this moment mm-hmm. than it felt before. I think that's great. That again, changes the outlook from a moment mentality to a process 
mentality of something is happening here that didn't end here, but it's going to continue unfolding once we get back to, you know, regular life with, with that yeah. leader. What is, sorry, I think as, as for, the, for the leader doing that too, though, one of the things that's, things that's essential is, so say if this is happening within church, you know, mm-hmm. any given random programming night, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day, right. you know, you have your programming is making sure that, that, that your volunteers are equipped and prepared to deal yeah. with mm-hmm. it. Because a lot of times, you know, we, again, that same language, adults still don't know some, you know, stereotypical, not stereotypical, was it traditional church language? Right. Um, they don't know. Some adults don't know. Yeah. So, and they really don't know how to engage students to, yeah. to when it comes to, you Or know, they think they know and they're terrible at it. That's right. That's right. You know, <laughs> I remember when I first became a youth pastor and I'm, I was just terrified, you know, yeah. of, of engaging those conversations because no one taught me. Yep. Yeah. And it's through, you know, we making sure that our leaders are trained properly. Such a good point. And making sure that everyone knows, hey, this is what you do beyond this moment to ensure, make sure that that we're we're being responsible with our students. But mm-hmm. also, you know, one of the things that I'm thinking about too is, you know, you know, Brett, is, um, you're talking. I just see, you know, large church, right? I see this big room, you know, full of students. Yeah. And how do we contextualize that to all audiences, totally. right? How do we make that? applicable to a leader who might be sitting down with five students, you know, mm-hmm. you can do something similar, you mm-hmm. know, um, just have them, you know, maybe look at you instead of, you know, having all the leaders stand up and do something like that. Or, you know, through those one-on-one conversations, it's through smaller group, con- I found within, within me personally, the churches that I've been connected with, it's the, the deeper discipling that has happened has been within those smaller groups. Mm-hmm. When we've been sitting in the basement of, you know, I've said, I think I might have said this before, I don't even know, somewhere. Um, we've been sitting in basements on hard metal chairs, yeah. cold metal yeah. chairs. And it's because there's just a different type of engagement that you're mm-hmm. able to have when you're talking one-on-one. And you're mm-hmm. not, you know where a student is when you've got fewer mm-hmm. students, when as a yeah. leader you the youth leader, not necessarily a small group leader. When you have fewer students to deal with, you're able to mm-hmm. really navigate your youth group to some degree like a small group leader does, yeah. you know, by following up with a student, being intentional about the follow-up conversations, not letting a conversation that happens on a maybe a Tuesday night just blow by, mm-hmm. hey, Saturday, you can send a reach out to that student mm-hmm. and follow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hold students accountable in different kind of ways. I think those things are really, really helpful to make sure that, you know, students are engaged properly. But one of the things that I do, honestly, when I do large group mm-hmm. talks is I separate the response to my message from the response of salvation. Mm-hmm. And I do that because sometimes students will make an emotional decision based on the conversation of the message and not necessarily wanting to make a decision for Christ. That's good. Yeah. And I think we need to be clear on differentiating the two. Yeah, we want, you know, students to fall in love with Jesus. Right. We do. But there needs to be a clear difference within that moment. Yeah. And and to start to to celebrate a step, even if it isn't a step to trust Jesus in that moment, maybe they've responded to, towards something. They've moved right. towards something and that's worth celebrating as well. I like that. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure any of us remember a talk where we made some sort of decision. Mm-hmm. What Candace mm-hmm. and Brett just nailed it. What we remember are the relationships with yeah. the people who yep. we talk to yeah. and who are investing in our life. All the more reason why, to Candace's point, if you if you if it's a leader with five students, you've got an opportunity to have one-on-one conversations. Mm-hmm. And if you are a communicator in front of thousands, you need to 
you need to be very clear in your presentation. You need to present Jesus, mm -hmm. give kids an opportunity, and then put the stinking microphone down and walk off the stage. Pass the baton, yeah. Stop trying to milk something yep. because, I mean, the Spirit of God is doing the work. Yeah. It's not you. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love the fact that in youth ministry, we love to beat the drum. We're constantly bashing places that are, well, we've never done it that way before. Mm -hmm. Some of us as youth leaders need to back up and think about that mm -hmm. because we keep offering Jesus in the same way we've always done it. Mm -hmm. And it could actually be counterproductive to teenagers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so Stu, you do probably more speaking than all of us combined in a year. That's just a huge a th something that you're awesome at. That you do a lot of camps and retreats, and like you said, you're going to be super humble that you have the honor and the privilege and all those things. But you just you get to do that a lot, and those are sort of the prime situations that we often find some of the emotional right. manipulativeness right. happening right. again. I don't want any of this to sound accusatory, like yeah. we're all hiding behind in the green room, like we're going to trick all of these kids <laughs> into loving Jesus today. Yeah. But it's just one of those things because of the weight of what we feel and because right. of how badly we want them to make these decisions, we just end up with some some unhelpful practices that we right. end up doing. So what are some practical, some practical ways in your experience of being at all these different camps all over the place throughout the year mm -hmm. that you have seen the healthiest ways to talk about these kind of things, to acknowledge and respect the weight of the room, mm -hmm. but it not allowing it to lean into some manipulative oh, sort of Question. tactics. Well, to some degree, it's the Spider-Man principle with great power comes great responsibility. Mm -hmm. And you need to understand that when you are talking about the greatest story that's ever existed and the, the life that is offered to teenagers and adults, that's a great power, but it's also a huge responsibility. Yeah. I think our responsibility as communicators is to serve, whether it's our own students or a host event, you are there to serve them. Mm -hmm. You're not there for your own thing. Number two, if in, if in serving a host event, they, they have a desire that is beyond your convictions, I think you need to be upfront and honest. It doesn't mean that it's a game breaker or mm -hmm. a deal breaker. I will simply do what I feel compelled to do. And then if you want to do something on top of that, that's on you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we can have a hard conversation about that later. And then the other thing, and you've talked about this already, I feel a huge responsibility. I don't think teenagers get enough credit for how difficult it is to follow Jesus in 2019. Mm -hmm. And that makes me emotional. Like, it's hard to be a mm -hmm. teenager and follow Jesus. So consequently, and I pray that people listening to this are going to take it the right way, but playing padding music while you're give, giving an invitation, doing some song that's going to stir a kid up that's already emotional as it is, I think it needs to be a very hard, cold decision. Not cold as in not emotional, mm -hmm. But I'm a. This is just my preference. I want the lights all the way on. I want every head up. I want every eye mm -hmm. open. Mm -hmm. And if you want to follow Jesus, if this is your first step or another step, stand up in front of everybody and small group leaders. When your kid stands up, you be the first one to their side. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's important to leave the privilege of leading a kid formally 
to the small group leader. That shouldn't be my joy. Right. That, mm-hmm. that should be the joy of the person that's doing life with them all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and I mentioned this earlier, once I make that appeal and offer, get off the stage. Mm-hmm. Don't keep standing there because you do have the ability to manipulate kids. Yeah. And you're actually protecting their heart and yours by going, okay, that's, we're going to celebrate this. Listen to how, yeah. how much your friends and yeah. everybody's for you. But small group leaders, now you get this incredible opportunity to, to, to solidify whatever decision or thing is going on in the heart of a kid and then get off the stage. Mm-hmm. And not only get off the stage, but don't go out and, and try to get your ego yeah. stroked. Yeah, meet and greet with the students. Yes. <laughs> I, ha- I have done this before when I feel like, because it is a temptation that we all have to recognize. I have walked out the door, got in my car, and left. Mm-hmm. Because I need to resist that temptation because it's the spirit of God's job to change people. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. mine. And what they're attracted to is the spirit of God in you, not necessarily you. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm 51 what? years old and you're <laughs> wanting me to sign your Bible. Let's move on. <laughs> might be the coolest 51 year old I know. Well, yeah. first of all, I didn't write it. Second of all, <laughs> you know what That's I mean, though. Yeah. I mean, and you nailed it, Candace. Yeah. They can't differentiate between the two. Sometimes. But I, but so I will say this though, Stuart. Within the context in which I grew up and with I have, which I have been traditionally exposed to, what some people would say in you engaging that moment like that is you just suck the Holy Spirit out of it. Oh, interesting. By yeah. not having the lights or music. Not necessarily, or that, by, by just that. killing the vibe in the room. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. By just stopping everything and not allowing the spiritual high to continue to thrive, you kind of just like, you just crush the Holy Spirit. And I, my response to, to that would be, if the Holy Spirit is dependent on a B3 organ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay, go on. And, and. The other thing, too, is while I'm communicating, I don't have any of that going on anyway. So yeah. it's not like I've come to a screeching halt. Right. Um, and again, we said this in, in the beginning, that every person listening, you're coming at this from a different tradition, mm-hmm. a different denomination. Yeah. I'm not at all implying yeah. that the way they do it is wrong. Yeah. yeah. What I want to be able to do is walk off the stage with a clear conscience yeah, right. that I didn't do anything to manipulate yeah, anybody yeah. emotionally. Because the other thing yeah. I was thinking when you said that, like, lights up no music, stand up. That to me creates an emotional moment, but a different kind of emotion. And as my personality would be, I better stand up out of guilt. Yeah. Mm. Like this is my chance to take a stand. Like I would be too embarrassed to do it otherwise, but like God must be telling me to do it. But at you know some, what I'm but saying? to some like degree, that is what is it that you're offering? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, Generally speaking, I wouldn't extend that response time to if you're feeling any. I'm, I'm, I'm talking specifically yeah. to that kid. Yeah. There's never been a moment where you've yeah, recognized. Yeah, yeah. But I think it goes back to emotions are always a, a player. Of, it is. It's a player. So it's really up to the speaker. It's up to the leaders. How are we going to manage the emotion that's already in the room yeah. and to not abuse yeah. it? Let me interject this. Whatever it is that you use to spur a kid to make a decision, you're going to have to use that time sum to keep to them keep moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just Good. something to consider. Yeah. Whatever it is that you're going to use to get them to stand up is, yep. a, is that times a bunch to keep them moving yep. in their yeah. relationship yeah. with that's Jesus. The truth. But it's that whole yeah, idea that you can talk a kid into something 
And if you do, it's going to be pretty easy to talk, talk them out of it. it. Yeah. yeah. And and so if we talk them into if we're if we're using all of those different things to talk them into it, then yeah, that is going to be an unsustainable right spiritual you know relationship that but they're going to try to keep up. It's the emotional that side of thing, but I think it, like fear can be used as that same kind of sure. motivation. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it's like I've made a decision out of fear or guilt. I will continue. That means I will continue to follow Jesus right. out of fear or guilt. And if some I of that, never develop yeah. anything. Some of that you're talking about is like like your actual content. Yes. Like what are you yes. talking about? The, one other thing that I, if I can add something, I think we have to be careful too. Like as communicators and leaders, we have emotive triggers. Mm-hmm. Like just a few seconds ago, I got emotional, and one of the things I've recognized about myself is if I talk about my wife, my daughters, racism or teenagers struggling, Hmm. I feel myself getting emotional. And anytime you get emotional in front of kids, Mm -hmm. it draws emotion out of Mm -hmm. kids. So you Mm -hmm. like, you need to use that sparing sparingly, not calculated, but you better make sure, you know, like I've got to put my finger on this because Mm -hmm. if not, I could constantly be crying in front of kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that we haven't necessarily really talked about is the health of the leader. Yeah. And I think the health of the leader is just so essential, um, you know, from dealing with your previous baggage to how much you personally, mm-hmm. you know, want to be glorified. I know, Brett, you talked about this a little bit, but... You know, when it when it comes to there's certain conversations that I will just not necessarily have with youth because I know that I'm not able to do it. I'm not able to nav- navigate those conversations in a proper way, in a way mm-hmm. that'll be healthy for me or healthy for them. Right. Right. But not all leaders are that self-aware, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, it, and it, re- it requires you. We have to be self-aware to a certain degree in order to I mean, the whole our faith is emotional, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to have certain conversations, we just have to be be clear that it is not it's not us, it's God mm-hmm. that we're trying to you know point all fingers towards. Mm-hmm. And if we need to seek a therapist, then we need to seek a therapist. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to you, mm-hmm. therapist. I second that. That's right. I'm going to lay down on the couch right now. <laughs> let y'all ask me about my mom. <laughs> That's good. I want to kind of wrap up with some really practical tools. I know we touched on this a bit. Like I think, you know, we've landed on the fact that emotion is going to be part of the conversation, whatever the conversation is, salvation or anything else, that emotions are part of it. So the biggest way we can help a teenager win is by helping them discern the emotions that they already have, be emotionally healthy ourselves. And one of the things that we said we could give them for a tool in the toolbox was a loving adult. Is there anything else that we would encourage youth pastors to equip their students with to help them discern the emotions that they have? Going back to what Candace said earlier is that in a lot of student ministries, unless it's unless it's you and you've got a handful of kids, mm-hmm. if you have other leaders, that you have to get them to the prepared and equipped level to handle this stuff in the same way that we need to be as the leaders prepared and equipped to handle that, which sometimes it's a whole lot harder Mm -hmm. for me to get, you know, Mm -hmm. three, eight, 15, 30 other volunteers Mm -hmm. into an emotionally healthy place who are able to recognize, you know, diagnose probably isn't the right word, Mm -hmm. but, you know, helping students process Mm -hmm. what are these emotions that they're feeling than it is just for me to be able to take Mm -hmm. care of that on Mm -hmm on my own. Yeah, so just that entire the responsibility that we have when we when we're putting adults in the lives of students 
uh, that we're responsible for how equipped and prepared those adults are to lead the students in mm -hmm. the best way possible. That's mm. good. Yeah, a personal decision to follow Jesus will always be an emotional decision mm -hmm. to follow Jesus. Not because you're weeping because you choose to do it, but because you're an emotional being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the more healthy our small group leaders are, I mean, the really the the health of your ministry depends on you and your leaders. Mm -hmm. If you're emotionally healthy, your leaders are emotionally healthy, then your ministry is probably going to be pretty balanced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But regardless, it doesn't mean that your students are going to be emotionally balanced because yeah. they're teenagers. Right. And there are some guys and girls that just need to cry. And mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are angry mm -hmm. and you're going to have to bear the weight of that because they need, they need some space to let mm -hmm. it, to let some steam off. Mm -hmm. All of that comes into play. I mean, we, we could tell story after story of right. teenagers that are battling with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's helping them discern, but also just being a presence as they are processing. Right. And our church is being a safe place where they yeah. can do that. Yep. Yeah. That's good. So one thing that I, that I, and I hope I'm not going too deep to Late in this podcast. Too late. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I think a lot of times today, churches try to comfort people. And they try to offer a relationship with Christ that feels good and it is comfortable. And people aren't necessarily challenged, right? Mm -hmm. Challenged to be different and to do different. And in... <laughs> No, you're fine. Oh my God. You're fine. Keep going. I cannot believe you just did that. <laughs> oh my word. I can't even. I can't. I can't right now. <laughs> that was awesome. I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. Okay. You, I hope you didn't lose but, it. But seriously, but seriously though. Yeah, what I think that... There's a there's a line between knowing how to push students to being uncomfortable in their faith to expanding mm -hmm. their right. their relationship with God mm -hmm. and pushing them to be uncomfortable in their emotions in a place where they mm -hmm. are not ready to oh, be. Oh, that's good. For mm -hmm. sure. And I think that we need to be clear on where the difference is and where that line lies and yeah. making sure that we're challenging students to 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 spread their wings a little bit and enhancing yeah. themselves so they can grow and develop as whoever they are meant to be in Christ, right. right? But at the same time, not emotionally manipulating them mm -hmm. to get there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something to, to be said that this is a stage of life that's full of like stops and starts and a mm -hmm. lot of like decisions that maybe go wrong and that there's really no avoiding some of that, that like we can help teenagers discern some of this stuff, but they're not going to get it all right the yeah. first time around. And that's okay too. Like we're not going to create these, you know, perfect. Mm -hmm. My wife had a youth leader who told her like back to the multiple decision thing mm -hmm. that it's kind of like walking across a pier and you step on a board and it pops up and whacks you in the shin. Well, you nail that board down and you keep walking and mm -hmm. another one pops up and it's the journey. Mm -hmm. And out of, yeah. that illustration has a ton of holes in it, but it also <laughs> makes a lot of sense yeah. as well yeah. that we're all going, like something's going to come up and you're yeah. like, I need to, I, this, this is a, a tipping point for me and yeah. I want to mark it in some way, shape or yes. form. But it could be one of many. Right. It's not the right. only, yeah. Right. 
So I love that illustration. I think that's super important to acknowledge our students, but also we as leaders are all on a journey that's mm-hmm. going to have stops mm-hmm. and starts along the way. So this has been such a helpful conversation. We don't want the conversation to end here. And the best way to keep this going is to join the conversation in our Facebook group that you can find a link to at rethinkingym.org. If you want to make any decisions today, <laughs> dearly beloved, we would love for you to make a choice to join our Facebook group. We have gathered here today to get to this thing called life. And continue this conversation. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. <laughs> You're going prints on me. If you would all just bow your heads and close your eyes, if you're willing to join our Facebook group today. The afterworld. Uh, if you would pull your car over A world of never-ending of happiness. You can always see the sun, day or night. Conflicting messages happening. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one, Mr. Everything Gonna Be All Right. <laughs> all right, thanks for listening, guys. See you later. <laughs>